This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Jalen Hurst deserves at least 200 million dollars. His leadership abilities as a young man are off the charts. I would try to sign as long of a deal as he'll agree to because of his age, his character. Get it done ASAP. He got farther than Deshaun Watson has ever gone. He's gotten farther than Lamar Jackson has ever gotten. Plus the improvement, plus the leadership. I would love to escort Jeffrey Lurie to the bank for the Brinks truck that they're going to pay this young man. That's for being a part of it and allowing it to be a part of you. It is Canty and Carlin. Got my man Chris Canty. I'm Freddie Coleman in for Chris Carlin. Presented by Progressive Insurance and ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Series X and Channel 80. And don't forget to tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Getting a lot of great tweets from you all night long, all day long. Hit us up anytime you want at Chris Canty 99 is Chris Handle. My handle at Coleman ESPN. So here we are. And I'm not trying to do Stephen A. Smith here when he gets kind of like quiet storm, but there's no way that... Jalen Hurts is not going to get $200 million. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a bad boy right there. You just saw the way he balled out in the Super Bowl. There's no way that the Philadelphia Eagles in the unmitigated goal will not be able to pay Jalen Hurts $200 million when it's all said and done. It's going to be interesting now. Hope Steve Naismith doesn't hear that. But it's going to be interesting now because with all the doubters that have been cast aside, that guy, there's no doubt if he's not an elite quarterback, he's knocking on the elite door. When it comes to Jalen Hurts, the way that they play, even with losing the offensive coordinator, Shane Steichen, now the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, that next domino contract for quarterbacks and what's going to happen with him is going to be very interesting in Philadelphia. Make the case that Jalen Hurts shouldn't be the highest paid player in the NFL. I'm struggling to do okay, that right really? now. Right now, based on average annual value, okay. that's Aaron Rodgers. He's making $50 million a year. Why should Jalen Hurts not make at least $50 million a year moving forward? Jalen Hurts has an all-pro on his resume, something that Justin Herbert nor Joe Burrow has on theirs. Jalen Hurts uh, is one of three quarterbacks – well, no, excuse me, one of four quarterbacks that have accounted for over 30 touchdowns and had single-digit turnovers over the last five seasons. Jalen Hurts is a guy that – has progressively gotten better, has taken his team to the Super Bowl, played better in that Super Bowl than we saw Joe Burrow play in the Super Bowl a year ago. Why why wouldn't Jalen Hurts be the highest paid player in the National Football League? I I mean, even from a sports character standpoint, Freddie, see the way that he handled losing the Super Bowl and saying Mm. that you have the opportunity to choose how you handle that disappointment. You can either learn from it or you can wallow in it. And he said, I know what I'm going to do, meaning he's going to learn from it. And based on his career trajectory, how we've seen him grow at the collegiate ranks, how we've seen him grow as a player in the NFL, improving in his downfield passing, especially outside of the numbers, in his second season as a full-time starter, why would you not make Jalen Hurts the highest-paid player in the NFL if you're the Philadelphia Eagles? Why wouldn't you do it? Okay, well, former NFL quarterback Alex Smith, when he was on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max this morning, he's kind of trampolining, Chris, on what you said, that if you got Hurts on your team... I couldn't be more impressed with Jalen Hurts. This kid, everything about him, I mean, his development, obviously, on the field, I think also has been unprecedented. To look where he was, I mean, I played against him his rookie year, and, and to see where he's come in two years it is just unbelievable. They ask him to do more, I think, than any quarterback in the NFL. For those out there that still had question marks about Jalen, right, that they breezed through the playoffs, he really he didn't look the same throwing the football. 
Uh, man, he, he had one of the best performances in Super Bowl history. I mean, if you're going to build around somebody, just look at this kid's mental makeup. Look what he stands for, his maturity. This is who you want to invest in. It's amazing how that conversation has changed with him in not even 10 months. Yeah. Because before last season, is he the guy? Can he be the guy? Man, maybe the Eagles should think about somebody else. This is a make-or-break year for Jalen Hurts. Ten months and one Super Bowl appearance later, nobody is having that conversation about Jalen Hurts with what he was able to do that people did not see coming. Even in Philadelphia, they didn't think this was ever going to happen. So to kind of validate what you just said, if that's going to be the case, especially the way that he is, and a lot of that has nothing to do with football, has everything to do with the man that Jalen Hurts has been since at Alabama, transferred Oklahoma, getting disrespected, and now what he's done with the Eagles because that's clearly his team. Who knew that Jalen Hurts could potentially set the quarterback market depending on what happens this offseason going into this contract, going into 2023? And that's exactly where he, the Eagles, and everybody else could potentially be in the National Football League. Well, the other part that you didn't bring up is that Jalen Hurts is a year closer to free agency than the likes of Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. Remember, those guys were first-round picks. And even though they're the same draft class, those guys have a fifth-year option. Jalen Hurts does not. So this is a true contract year in 2023 for Jalen Hurts. It would be wise for Howie Roseman to go ahead and knock out an extension now for a couple of different reasons. Number one of which, you get to be the first one to market, Mm -hmm. meaning that you know whatever deal you sign Jalen Hurts to, he's going to get eclipsed by Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert and Lamar Jackson if and when he eventually signs with whatever team – on a long-term deal this offseason. You know that to be fact. That's not even a question. So why wouldn't you go ahead and pay Jalen Hurts now? You get to use the last year of his rookie contract to prorate the cap hit for the guaranteed portion of the contract. So that gives you an extra year to lower the cap number for Jalen Hurts in terms of how it impacts the rest of your roster building. And again, it's a situation where you get to send a message to the rest of your locker room if you show incremental improvement and you prove that you're a guy that we can trust, we're going to invest in you long term, especially if you're a draft pick. You get to do all of those things with one fail swoop, with one move if you're Howie Roseman, and it's a franchise-altering move in terms of locking in cost certainty and stability at the most important position in all of team sports. Here's the last part to this, Freddie C., and why they should get it done now as opposed to later. If you get it done now, it is going to be an absolute bargain by the time we get to next offseason. Why do I say that? Because the NFL salary cap is going to explode when all of the tech money from Amazon with the Thursday night package and from YouTube with the NFL Sunday ticket kicks in in 2024. The salary cap already went up $16 million this past offseason. It went from 208 to 224. It's going to explode. We're talking about you, you know 20% increase, upwards of 15 to 20% increase in the salary cap next offseason because of this influx of money from these tech companies. Salaries are going to explode. So what does that mean? Jalen Hurts being the highest paid player right now on average annual value hmm. will be an absolute steal for the Philadelphia Eagles, similar to what we saw with the Pat Mahomes contract and how it's seemingly obsolete now. Think about that. Pat Mahomes is making $45 million a year on average annual value. $45 million a year. 
That, 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 that's a bargain when we look at some of the other contracts out here. On average annual value, Deshaun Watson is getting more. Yeah. Kyler Murray is getting more. Russell mm. Wilson is getting more. Aaron mm. Rodgers is getting more. Then Pat Mahomes. Then uh, Pat Mahomes. That is insane to me. So that's why you do the deal right now if you're the Philadelphia Eagles. This is an absolute no-brainer. Another thing that we got to bring up, there is a salary cap floor. Yes. So you have a minimum amount of money that you have to spend, a minimum percentage of the salary cap that you have to spend every year. Why wouldn't you park a lot of that money in Jalen Hurts' driveway? You, you can trust him. He's shown that. In victory and in defeat, you can trust him. The team was – what was it? What was the team's record? They lost two games yeah. with him as the starting quarterback. Yeah, they, they lost two three. games mm-hmm. with him as the starter. They lost two games with him as the starter. Just two. The other two games they lost, that was with Gardner Minshew. They lost two games with Jalen Hurts being the starter. Pay the dude this money. Pay the dude his money. He's absolutely earned it. And believe me, Philadelphia clearly knows when you have one, you keep him, especially A, in that division, and B, in the NFC, where the gap between those teams and the Eagles a lot further than the gap between the teams in the AFC and the Kansas City Chiefs. Chris Canty, Freddie coming in for Chris Carlin on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Speaking with the Philadelphia Eagles, you're going to find out why the last 48 hours has made them feel like that old nationwide commercial. That's how the Chris has this from Wendy's. When you want the best deal on the best meal, choose Wendy's two for six bucks. Now you can pick from some of Wendy's best menu items, including Dave's single made only with always fresh, never frozen beef, the spicy chicken nuggets, which is my personal favorite, the spicy chicken (laughs) sandwich, the 10 piece crispy nugs, or the medium strawberry lemonade pair any two for just six bucks. That's a Dave's single and a spicy chicken sandwich, six bucks. Spicy chicken sandwich with medium strawberry lemonade, six bucks. Strawberry lemonade with a 10-piece nugs, six bucks. Even Dave single with another Dave single. Tired of hearing me say it yet again. That's right. It's only six bucks. Wendy's two for six bucks is one deal that lets you pick your meal the way you want it at the price you want. Swing by Wendy's today and get the best deal in fast food. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Two for six bucks for a limited time. Price and participation may vary at U.S. Wendy's. A la carte only. Single item at regular price. The Colts announced that they have officially hired former Eagles offensive coordinator. And when I say former, I mean just this season. Shane Steichen as their head coach. How good is this job, Kenny? Well, it's a good job, obviously, to clear cut answers. only 32 of them, right? I would think right from the gate, if you're a guy like Shane Steichen, you say, okay, I just came from a situation in which we had a dynamic quarterback. A dynamic quarterback that great leader led our team to a Super Bowl. And we need a game-changing quarterback. Canton Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and don't forget to tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. He's Chris Canty. I'm Freddie Coleman in for Chris Carlin. Remember that old Nationwide commercial, Life Comes At You Fast? The mm-hmm. Philadelphia Eagles know exactly what that's been about since they lost that Super Bowl not even 48 hours ago to the Kansas City Chiefs. They not only lose one coordinator, St. Steichen, now the head coach, being named by the Indianapolis Colts, the offense coordinator. They're going to lose their defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon. He's going to finalize a deal of being the next head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Kimberly Martin was on this just as an ESPN NFL reporter, and they wanted to know, how will the Eagles respond to losing not one but two coordinators? That's my concern for the Eagles, because I think you love Jalen Hurts. 
you feel confident in him, but what is this offense and what is this defense going to look like? Obviously, Denard Wilson, he looks to be the heir apparent. In Philly, he could be that guy. Offensively, Jalen's the guy, but I, I don't know. It's to, it, there's a lot of roster concerns as well. Their core four guys coming off of injury, age, all that. I wonder if the Eagles' offense will look exactly the same as well. Their offense is not changing. When you got what has been successful, you can move a coordinator in there. That offensive skill set and that offensive structure is not going to change. And, Chris, you know this playing in the NFL. It's one thing to help calling plays. It's another thing to be the dude calling plays no matter what side of the ball that is. Yeah, and all you have to do is look at what happened with Josh Allen in Buffalo and the impact that Brian Dable, the play caller a couple of years ago, had in terms of his absence in You know, quarterback coach Ken Dorsey stepped in and there was a little bit of a drop off in terms of the efficiency we saw from Josh Allen. More turnovers, especially in the red zone, than we were accustomed to seeing him uh, uh, have earlier in his career. So I I, I do worry a little bit about that with Shane Steichen because we didn't see this Eagles offense take off last year. And I'm talking about 2021 until Nick Sirianni turned over play calling duties to Shane Steichen around the middle of the season. They forged an identity on the offensive side of all around Jalen Hurts being able to run and being a focal point in the running game. And then Jalen Hurts was able to build on that this offseason by improving as a passer. So we'll see what ends up happening. But the blueprint is there. And if Jalen Hurts continues to improve as a quarterback, then there's no reason to think that that offense is going to fall off. But to Kimberly's point, we haven't seen something like this in almost 30 years since 1994 no, where the San Francisco 49ers yeah. lost Mike Shanahan, their offensive coordinator. He became the head coach of the Denver Broncos and their defensive coordinator, Ray Rhodes, who became the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, the 2016 Falcons lost both coordinators, but they moved on from Richard Smith, their D.C., after they blew a 28-3 lead to the, to the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. Um, he didn't get a head coaching job after that. So it's a situation now where if you're Nick Sirianni, you, you have to reinforce some of the core elements of your program building with your lieutenants. Mm-hmm. And, and I would think that they're apt to elevate people within the organization just to maintain the culture that they built that allowed them to ascend to these heights in year two of Jalen Hurts being their starter. But, you know, I, I think Shane Steichen is walking into a solid, not great situation with the Indianapolis Colts. I would say between the two jobs that were filled today, Shane Steichen got the better of them because, Freddie C., it feels yeah. like it's an absolute disaster with the Arizona Cardinals. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that, A, remember the old answer, why because it's Florida? Why because they're the Cardinals? How many <laughs> times have we seen that with the Cardinals? Think about the history of the Cardinals. Other than the years when Kurt Warner was the quarterback and they had really an organizational structure that worked. And Kurt Warner was a big part of that because the last thing you want is to put bad people around a guy that is one of the classiest people the NFL has ever seen. And look how he elevated that organization after the Rams moved on from him and he was able to resurrect his career and become a Hall of Fame quarterback. Other than that, with the Arizona Cardinals, it has been mis- it's been dysfunction in the desert. Let's call it as it is. And now yeah. all of a sudden, you're going into that situation with your Jonathan Cannon. Your first time being a head coach in the National Football League. Barely a couple years removed after being a defensive coordinator. And now you're walking into, you don't know what the quarterback situation is going to look like when Kyler Murray comes back. You don't know what the organizational structure is going to look like. They still have not decided on a full-time GM, even though he's part of the hiring process. So, yeah, the weather's nice. The golfing is great. He may be playing golf a lot early on to deal with what's going on in Arizona. (laughs) It's less of a situation, like you said, Chris, with Indianapolis. At least – 
you have an organization that says, look, we could have done the knee-jerk thing and kept Jeff Saturday. They figured it out. You know what? Jeff's a nice guy. He's better being the consultant, not being in charge of things. So you trust that coming from the organization, Nick Sirianni used to be one of the assistants with the Indianapolis Colts. So they know they've got with Shane Steichen. At least they can put something around him. You get the right quarterback and make that work. Arizona, man, oh, man, there's going to be a lot of prayer early on for Jonathan Gannon before he gets the waters right when it comes to that involving quarterback, organization, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is what they do at the quarterback spot. Now, their new general manager, Monty Ossenfort, I mean, I'm curious to see how much latitude ownership gives him with deciding what they want to do with the third overall pick because there's no guarantee that we're going to see Kyler Murray get back to the form that he showed in his first three years when he was with the Cardinals, when they had incremental improvement to the point where they were a wild card team uh, in the playoffs in 2021. I don't know that we're going to see that same Kyler Murray and beyond just what we're going to get from him on the field from a production standpoint. What are you going to get in terms of a personality standpoint and him being the leader of your franchise? I I just think there are still serious questions, Mm -hmm. so much so that the contract that you just doled out to him shouldn't preclude you from drafting a quarterback if the new GM and head coach think that's the best option in terms of getting this franchise to have sustained success. So I'm curious to see what happens with that. I doubt that the Bidwells would do that because, you know, their their reputation Go ahead and say in it. the NFL, they're known to mm-hmm. be very frugal when uh, it comes to spending money you're being and kind. cutting losses. <laughs> but, but, but once upon a time, this is the same franchise that drafted Josh Rosen with the top 10 pick and then a year later took Kyler Murray first overall. So I'm not going to say that it, it can't happen, but they did just extend Kyler Murray. So that would entail them eating a lot of money yeah. in order to move off of him. I'm not sure that they're there yet. And that's why I think the Colts job is the more attractive between the two because the Colts, they're going to be aggressive and, and try to move up to get the quarterback of their choosing. Jim Ursay, there's no doubt in my mind that he's going to be calling the Chicago Bears to try to get in front of a division rival in the Houston Texans in order to draft the quarterback that they want rather than settling for who's going to be there at number four. So I would say that the Colts job is the more attractive of the two opportunities. And quite frankly, when it comes to the reputations of both coaches yeah. and what they showed in the Super Bowl, you feel a lot better about where Shane Steichen is as opposed to Jonathan Gannon because he got taken to task by Andy Reid in the second half of the big game. The Colts seem to be a more mature organization compared to the Cardinals. Yes. There's a lot of immaturity that is And that's saying on. a lot when Jim Ursay is the owner. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> I didn't even think about that, but I was making that point. Complete, complete facts when it comes to Chris Canty here on Canty and Carlin. Freddie coming in for Chris Carlin. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius X and Channel 80. Don't forget to tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. You love the big, big money, but will a big money contract keep one team from being legit in the NFL? That's next. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. 
But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. There's an NFL quarterback that's going to get paid a lot of money because his team cut him today. You wonder if that team's going to have buyer's remorse with him, like maybe the Pelicans have with Zion Williamson, and when it comes to that money. It is mm. Canty and Carlin. He's Chris Canty. I'm Freddie Coleman in for Chris Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Tune in and don't forget to tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio, part of the progressive NBA snapshot. And you brought this to the table because you saw Zion Williamson play. You have a home down in South Carolina. He's a native of South Carolina. People tried to tell you, man, you're crazy thinking that R.J. Barrett is not as good as Zion Williams. And you say, whoa, wait a minute. Now. Wait till they get to Duke and see. And it turned out you oh, were right. Oh, my God. I remember that. those conversations. That was insane. People were actually saying on these airwaves that R.J. Barrett was a better prep player than Zion Williamson. Mm-hmm. And those folks would be out of their minds. Now, <laughs> the question about Zion has never been about his talent, though, Freddie C. True. It's always been about his ability to stay healthy. We haven't seen somebody with his athleticism and his body type been able to have sustained success in the NBA just because they haven't been able to hold up. I think the only comp that you could have for Zion are Charles Barkley and, quite frankly, Shaquille O'Neal. Okay. Um, and that, those are guys from yesteryear. We haven't seen somebody that has been this explosive with this type of body type. Zion is 6'6", 300 pounds, and, and the guy can jump out of the gym. So you wonder whether or not – he was going to be able to hold up whether or not lower body injuries were going to be a thing for his career. But now it's starting to feel like that with the more recent injury news, the update that we got from David Griffin, president of basketball operations from New Orleans. With Zion Williamson, and it's a great comparison, where he really is a combination of both of those guys when it comes to Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal. What's the one thing those two guys did in their NBA career? They had to change with their body type. Charles mm. Barkley, he went from being on that diet called Slim Slow to Slim Fast. <laughs> and he was able to trim down, and he changed his game. Because when he first got to the NBA, people thought Zion Williamson barreling the people. You too, Charles Barkley, when he first got to Philadelphia. He was mm-hmm. 6'4", 320, and he didn't give a bleak. He would go into the lane, knocking over people. He like a bowling ball knocking over, pin, knocking over pins. But he also realized, if I play this way, I'm going to wear down my body. I yep. got to change my game. And he did. Not only trimmed down, worked on the face-up game, worked on the post-up game. The next thing you know, he gets traded to Phoenix, and he's an MVP in the NBA. I wonder if Zion Williamson will have to do that. I don't wonder. I think he should do that. Not trying to tell a grown man what to do. But when you're having these kind of injuries that are usually non-contact injuries, and I read the ESPN.com article before the season. He really worked on everything with his body to make sure those kind of soft tissue injuries Hamstring pulls, cap pulls were not going to be part of his NBA DNA. And yet it still happened because he still plays that same kind of style, Chris. Maybe Zion Williams with all his talent and athleticism, you got to be able to read the game better to save your body and avoid these kind of injuries that could derail a potential Hall of Fame career because I don't want Zion Williams to be the future on lift. But if this keeps up, that's what it's going to be. More time on the bench and not on the court for a Pelicans team, that I want they're having buyer's remorse giving them that kind of extension, knowing that this may be part of their future together in New Orleans. Well, I mean, you have to think that there is at least a little 
pause within the organization today and thinking about what their future is going to be because the contract extension that they gave them last offseason doesn't kick in until next season, 2023-2024. And you're talking about a five-year extension for $194 million. Man. Now, based on what we've seen from Zion in his first four years in the NBA, it's hard to believe that the Pelicans are going to get the return on investment on that money. Now, I get it. They almost had to give Zion the extension because it's hard to get people in the building that have that kind of talent. Mm -hmm. And think about how having Zion in your locker room affects how people view the franchise, potential free agents, guys that are trade targets, so on and so forth. So I understand, you know, why you look at him as an asset. But at some point, the guy has got to be on the court, right? When he was on the court through the first quarter of the season, mm-hmm. the Pelicans looked like they were going to be one of the teams to beat, if not the team to beat, in the Western Conference. Right now, they're sitting at seventh, two games over five hundred, and you're wondering, well, just exactly when are we going to see Zion again? David Griffin said it's going to be a, at least a couple of weeks after the All-Star break right. because of a setback that he had with the hamstring injury that he suffered against the Thunder early in January. So... This is a situation now where the Pels have played in 58 games and Zion has been a participant in exactly half on them, half of them. Right. Now, in his first four seasons that he's been in the NBA, since he was drafted by New Orleans, the Pelicans have played in 292 games, including playoffs. Mm-hmm. Zion Williamson has played in exactly 114 of those games. So just a shade under 40% of the games he's played in. At some point as an organization, you have to say, maybe we're not going to get this guy to live up to the promise, the potential that we saw in him when we took him first overall, just because he can't stay healthy. And if that ends up being the case, then maybe they should have made a different decision last summer as opposed to extending him. Plenty of teams would have been willing to trade for Zion. Are you going to get, you know, dollar for dollar, um, compensation for what his potential is? Probably not. Mm-hmm. But you do free up a lot of other resources to do other things, and you're going to get a bevy of draft picks if you were to make that decision. But looking at that contract now, you're, you're essentially hamstrung, no pun intended, in terms of being able to bring along another star to play alongside C.J. McCollum and Brandon Ingram. So again, that's one of those contracts that you look, like, look at and you say, is that going to keep the New Orleans Pelicans from becoming a serious contender in the Western Conference, not only this season, Mm -hmm. but for years to come. Two things about what you just said. Number one, he has not played since January 2nd. They've now lost 10 in a row, 14 out of their last 20. They're now seventh place in the Western Conference, a game above 500. So that's number one. The effect of him not being there as completely as we expected would affect the Pelicans that way going down instead of going up. But here's something else with his contract. Here's why I believe they gave him that extension and didn't want to wait until the end of his contract. Two words, Ja Morant. We've seen what Ja Morant has done for Memphis. Mm. He was the second pick in the draft at the Zion Williamson. And the Pelicans are like, look, we decided this was going to be the guy. And nobody is faulting the Pelicans for choosing him over Ja Morant. Usually the old adage is a good big man is better than a good little man any day. But that little man has turned everything upside down for the Memphis Grizzlies where they're a legitimate threat in the Western Conference. I know no they doubt. struggle lately, but they're a legitimate threat. You have a guy that's been there a lot more than the guy that you decide to take number one. I wonder, Chris, how much of that factor into the thinking of Pelicans saying, well, if we don't give him an extension, we're basically admitting that we made a mistake and we should have taken John Morant if we're moving on and not giving him that kind of extension. I wonder how much of that played 
into the fact that they decided not to wait until the final year of his contract, given that extension sooner than later, based on what we've seen John Moran do and flip everything in the right way for the Memphis Grizzlies when he's taking a pick after Zion Williamson in 2019. I'm sure there's a little bit of that. And let's also keep in mind that the last first overall pick that the New Orleans Pelicans had soured on the organization and shot his way out of town. And that would be Anthony Davis. So I'm with you. I think a lot of that was, you know, the organization selling itself that they made the right decision on draft day when it came down to those two players. But I also think it was – trying to appease Zion and make sure that they, mm-hmm. uh, you know, reinforce their belief in him and their commitment to him so that he wants to stay in New Orleans. Because remember, there were some grumblings before draft day oh, that yeah. Zion wouldn't go to the Pelicans mm-hmm. if they decided to make him the first overall pick. So much so that his stepdad had to come out and say, well, yeah, that's not the case. He's going to show up in New Orleans if they draft him. So, I, I mean, I think that the Pelicans had to give him the money, but – it feels like a situation where you're going to be chasing after your tail with Zion just because he can't stay healthy. We're never going to see him live up to that potential just because he can't be on the court. So I'm all about him, you know, becoming a pro and giving him time to grow into the expectations that we have for him. But at some point, you know, the best ability is availability and he hasn't proven that he's going to be able to be available, especially when the team needs him most. And I like the fact that what you said in terms of being on the court availability, I hope we're not seeing the future unlive with a guy as talented at that size when it comes to Zion Williamson, whether he's in New Orleans or not part of his NBA career. And that's probably the progressive snapshot on Canty and Carlin. Get a business insurance quote online in as little as six minutes. Visit ProgressiveCommercial.com. Also, don't forget to hit us on Twitter as well. Chris's handle, ChrisCanty99. My handle at Coleman ESPN, part of Canty and Carlin. Luka Doncic plus Kyrie Irving in Dallas equals what? We'll fill in that what next on ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play! Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Doncic picks it up with 10 seconds. Cross-court Irving on the move. Pumps can't shoot. Right to Luka. Back to Kyrie. Fakes flyby. And then to the right. Oh, lost the ball. And it's picked up by Prince. And that'll do it. So two guys who love to shoot the basketball. 
didn't shoot the basketball when it came to Kevin <laughs> Irving and Luka <laughs> You heard the final call on Chuck Cooper's team with 97.1 The Eagle. Thanks for joining us on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio with my man Chris Canty and Freddie Coleman in for Chris Carlin. I'll just throw it out there right there to you, Chris, my man. Uh, when I put Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic together, that equals what to you? That equals a team that can win a playoff series, but a team that has a ceiling on it. And I would say the ceiling would be a Western Conference Finals appearance, although I think that that part of it is a little bit unlikely. And the mm-hmm. reason why is because at some point you got to stop somebody. At some yeah. point you have to play defense. The question is not whether Luka and Kyrie can fill up the stat sheet on the offensive end. It's can they stop people? And that has been the biggest problem. And it showed up again yesterday in the form of a guy by the name of Anthony Edwards. And we'll talk a little bit about him later. But, uh, I mean, they couldn't get a stop when they needed it the most. And then I think the the part where the end of the game where they kept passing the ball to one another and they didn't take a shot ultimately ends up being a turnover. I think they will get that piece figured out as they play more games together. Got to keep in mind, they've only played two games together since the trade. Mm -hmm. They'll figure that aspect of it out. We know Kyrie Irving can score the basketball. He's got 42 points in the last two fourth quarters. 26 last night, 16 the game before against the Sacramento Kings. They will figure out that aspect of it um, on the offensive side. My biggest question is, what does this team look like defensively? They moved on from Dorian Finney-Smith, who was one of their better wing defenders. I don't think Tim Hardaway Jr. played last night, so that was another uh, defensive piece that they were missing. And so that that allows Anthony Edwards to go off and have a big night. And and I just don't know that they're going to be able to slow down some of the other wings that they're going to have to contend with in the Western Conference. In modern basketball, more than ever before, especially when the NBA has, for all intents and purposes, legislated defense out of their league. In modern basketball, sometimes it's not about what kind of defense you play. It's when you can play it. Because how many times have we seen getting – we hear key stops more than ever before – they're not talking about the first, second, and third quarter. <laughs> They're talking about in the fourth quarter when you just were able to score and you got to keep them, and then you stack up another score and you got to keep them from doing it. They have two guys. That's not part of what they are. They're not looking for that from Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic. And you're exactly right. We know those guys can do. I mean, Kyrie went nuclear in the fourth quarter, 26 or 36 in that fourth quarter. Yeah. But, but it's not about defense anymore in the NBA. That's been legislated out. It's when you can get those stops. And I go back to game one. Eastern Conference first round, Boston versus the Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie Irving in that game went nuclear in the fourth quarter. When they needed to get a stop, he got caught in the switch on Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum had eight inches on him, and he laid it up and in. If you're going to play defense at Dallas, you can't rely on those three to help. You got to let them do what they do and hope the other three guys can get those stops you're going to need in modern basketball. Yeah, but here's the other thing, though. I mean, think about the backcourt players they're going to have to contend with in the Western Conference. You got Jamal Murray with the Denver Nuggets. You got John Morant with the Memphis Grizzlies. You got Devin Booker and Chris Paul with the Phoenix Suns. I mean, those are, you got Steph Curry mm-hmm. and Klay Thompson with the Golden State Warriors. And Jordan Poole. Yeah, they, they're, and Jordan Poole. They're not going anywhere. So in order to get to where you're going to want to go, you're going to have to, <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this, outscore those people. And I Absolutely. just don't see you being able to do that when those teams are, are by far better defensively than you are. And, I just don't yeah, see that happening. And, and I'm with you. And also remember this with the teams you mentioned and the players you mentioned. They usually have a third or fourth guy that can get your buckets too. Look at Golden yeah. State. Andrew Wiggins, we saw what he can do. He can go yeah. from 21 to 25 at any given time. So that's another guy you got to yeah. wind up dealing with. 
Michael Porter Jr., when you talk about the Denver Nuggets, right? Mm -hmm. He's another guy that you got, not to mention Nikola Jokic, who's having another MVP caliber season. But, I mean, the Phoenix Suns, they got Kevin Durant. Absolutely. They just got Kevin Durant, Mm -hmm. not to mention DeAndre Ayton. I mean, so there are teams that are three, four guys deep in terms of scorers, and you're solely going to be relying on – Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic to initiate offense and the other guys around them to be knockdown shooters. I think Christian Wood is a fine player, but Christian Wood is not going to be a guy that's a difference maker in a yeah. playoff series when you're going up against the upper echelon teams in the West. So I, I just I, I like the fact that the Mavs were aggressive in trying to get Luka a running mate mm-hmm. so they could they could try to make a push and get back to the conference finals and see what happens. But color me skeptical when it yeah. comes to looking at Kyrie Irving as the missing piece on a team that's going to actually be a title contender. He may go missing after the season is over because, <laughs> seriously, not for nothing, he's an unrestricted free agent when this is over. There are no assurances that he's going to win a sign-up because I still believe he's got his eye on Los Angeles to play yeah. for the Lakers. I firmly believe that. And unless he doesn't get the kind of contract he wants and they make the pieces move, it, I, I'm still not convinced, Chris, that he's going to stay in Dallas. I'm not convinced well, of that. Well, here's the thing. I think that the Mavs and Mark Cuban have more convincing to do, and we'll have to see what happens with the buyout market. Some interesting names out there. Keep an eye on Reggie Jackson. I think that yep. could be a little bit of a fit because they need shooting around those two guys because of their ability to break down defenses off the bounce. Um, so, like you said, I-, I think that there's more for the Mavs to do in order to convince Kyrie that that's the place that he needs to continue his basketball future. The first domino has fallen when it comes to quarterbacks and free agents, and boy, Aaron Rodgers was not happy about not getting that attention. That's next on Canty and Carlin. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.